Hey there, everyone. Today we plan to brighten up your autumn days by talking about something commonly misunderstood, and that is positivity. Iman Hassam is the perfect guest to explore the healthy effects of optimism and positivity. But before you switch your channels, thinking this would be us talking about why you should look at the brighter side in life, this conversation takes a balanced evaluation of the positivity movement by acknowledging the dark side of trying to look at every aspect of life positively all the time. This is a must listen if you're particularly having a bad time right now. We talk about the differences between positivity and toxic positivity, how surrounding yourself with supportive friends has a direct effect on your chances of succeeding in life, why preaching positivity is negatively received by the public and why overcoming hard times requires someone to think positively the right way and so much more. This is the Glass Prison Podcast. Enjoy. Hey man, how's it going? I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, it's been a busy week. I feel like I'm never um, prepared for what university has to throw at me. And I, I was telling someone this, that my I'm in my fourth year now and every single reading week without fail, I have never done any studying. And after that week, I regret it so much. And I do the same thing every year, every reading week. So yeah, I was really um, paying for that this week, but it's okay now it's over. I would claim it's an achievement. To not study in reading yeah, week. Sounds like a very <laughs> relaxing reading week. No, it definitely was. I, I need that break to um, keep me rejuvenated for the rest of the semester. Mm -hmm. So it's good, yeah. Okay. So today's topic, it's about positivity and uh, healthy relationships and how that can increase the, the value to your life. You're going to be able to word that much better than I did <laughs> just now. But I wanted to ask you, what does positivity mean to you? Um, positivity is, I think, a discipline for me. And um, I like to use optimism sometimes instead of positivity, mm -hmm. because I think positivity, sometimes there are some negative connotations with that um, because of toxic positivity that we have that a lot of people interpret positivity in that way. Mm. So I think optimism is... It's not a personality trait, really and truly. It, it's not something you're born with, and it's not, um, it's not attribute of uh, your character either. Positivity and optimism is a choice, and it's a choice that you have to make every day and through every difficult situation. And it really is a practice. It's something that doesn't come overnight it's a continuous effort every day and um, it's hard like it really is you it doesn't allow you to just lie in your bed and reflect on all the horrible things that are going on in your life it's makes you active it helps you get up and just get the job done that's wonderfully put what is the difference between positivity and toxic positivity so toxic positivity is something I believe I used to practice in my first year and toxic positivity is ignoring your problems and just going on with your life like everything's going great. And that can be so detrimental for your goals, that can be detrimental for your relationships. Um, you're not really being authentic with yourself and you're not giving yourself the chance to acknowledge that 
things can be bad sometimes and um, they just perpetuate. It's like you can't just sweep it under the rug. It's, it's going to come back. And um, the difference between toxic positivity and authentic positivity, I would call it, is authentic positivity is acknowledging that things are bad, that um, I'm not where I want to be. I'm my grades are bad, whatever it is, whatever's going on in your life that's not not um, going as you planned. But it's looking at it in a way that I can overcome this with a little bit of effort, with um, a little bit of drive and uh, motivation and help and support from people, I can do it. And really like that is a wonderful way to live your life with that kind of bravery you already touched upon this i, I want to dive into it a little bit deeper because uh when somebody preaches to me positivity uh, personally i don't think about the toxic positivity that you just mentioned mm-hmm. um i do think about the fact that like okay look at the bright side as well but that as well is is critical it's not about just hey ignore your problems yeah look at the good things right it's it's more about i know it's hard but here's what you can do about it. You can still turn it around, you mm-hmm. know? Why do you think um, preaching positivity is so negatively received by the public? I think because life is so challenging, there are a lot of moments where we feel defeated and we feel that um, looking at things in on the bright side is what you said, it's just counterproductive because, um, again, people just believe that that's ignoring the situation. Um, I've had most of my friends um, in the past, they don't really agree with the with the positivity that I have. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, why do you always have to sugarcoat things? But I think that people look at it that way because they've been hurt, because um, they've been a lot of very stressful moments in their lives. And I've had that as well. I've had a lot of times when I feel defeated, when I don't, I I can't look at things. There's no bright side to the situation. But to those people, like I really say that it, it makes life worth living to look at things in a positive way. Whereas unfortunately, we are stuck here and we, when we are going through difficult situations, there's really nothing we can do except look at things in, in a positive way. Because when we do, um, we create something beautiful out of something very daunting and scary and dark. And um, it, it just makes life, life so much more colorful. I, so my dad has recently been diagnosed with cancer. And um, it's been really, really difficult on my family and on me. And especially because he's been such a healthy person most of his life. And it was just like a big shock to us. And in that situation, I went home for the summer. I spent time with him. We went, him and I, we had our own trip to Cape Town. And it was the first time I actually spent time with my dad as an adult. And um, just him and I. And I really, I learned so much about him. He learned so much about me. Um, And through this whole situation, I mean, seeing your parent deteriorate, it's... It's so, it's so difficult to say the least, seeing them suffer and seeing them in pain. But at the same time, so what I used to think about and choose to look at is that I have this time 
to serve my dad. A lot of people don't get that opportunity to give back to their parents or to sit by their bedside rubbing their head. A lot of people don't. And to, to serve him in a way that is only a fraction of what he served me in my life is really a blessing. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I chose to look at that instead of looking at all of the terrible things that are happening to him and his body. And that kind of just kept me going. And if I didn't look at it that way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get anything out of that situation. And neither would he, because I would just be debilitated by the pain that I'm feeling. I wouldn't be able to serve him in the correct way that he needs. Um, so yeah, it, that's just one example that I used in my life where I had to choose that this is the way that I'm going to view it. And there's no other way that's going to get me through the situation. That was the most beautiful illustration of what we're talking about here. And even though I'm very sorry for what you're going through and what your family's going through, um, I don't think there is a more clear demonstration of one's strength than what you've just told me. So, I mean, kudos to you. I don't know how I would have <laughs> um, reacted to that, but thank you for sharing regardless. Um, so for those people who are having a, a tough time acknowledging both sides and are just, they feel that they've been for a predominantly comprehensive time under the heel of life's anguish, how does one become more positive? Mm -hmm. I think for those people, I would tell them that you need to talk to yourself. And um, I said this in another podcast that I did, that you need to be your own best friend. And um, we're, we're all we have. It's only us and our minds and we live inside of our minds. And um, acknowledging when you're thinking bad thoughts and when you're feeling defeated, when you're feeling um, anxious and sad and depressed, acknowledging all of those things and telling yourself that that's fine, but now what? Because we can't live out the rest of our lives in that place. We can't. Um, life won't be beautiful like that. You won't enjoy amazing things that happen to you. And telling yourself that um, really, really looking inwards and speaking to yourself and saying that I'm choosing to, to move on. I'm choosing to move on from this difficult situation. I'm choosing to take control. And nothing can affect you if you don't give it the power to, really. Our, our minds are so powerful. It's the most dangerous weapon that we have is our minds no one can hurt you if you don't let them and no one can make you happy either if you don't let them it, it goes two ways and so allow people to make you happy allow yourself to feel and and don't allow people to hurt you either let's look at a more tangible thing like grades since we're, we're both students we We've both had moments where our grades have been amazing. We were so proud of them. And we, I'm sure we've both had moments where, you know, we really, we could have done much better. Um, and in that situation, what is the self-talk that happens? Is it that, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. I studied so much. I, I just can't get it. I'm so dumb. Are you using the, that kind of vocabulary on yourself? Or are you saying that, what happened? You know, is, is there some way we can improve? Like, I know that you're so smart. Why is it not reflecting? And I, 
I talk to myself like I'm a child because I, I think we all are inside and we're all scared. We're all um, vulnerable and we all want we all want success. We all want to have um, our desires met, which is a, a primitive notion, right? That we all just need our desires to be met all the time. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen all the time. So having the self-talk where you're literally talking to a younger version of yourself and being, being that kind, giving yourself the kindness that you truly deserve. And that really fosters positivity because you talk to yourself in a kind way, then it's, you're going to flourish. It's the, same with, it's the same with a little kid. Like if you talk to a little kid in a very harsh way, uh, do we really expect them to develop into someone that is successful and a good upstanding citizen in society? Probably not. We, we have to talk to them in a gentle way, in a reassuring way, um, with a lot of love. So, yeah, um, I would really say that to anyone who's listening who does feel like positivity is not something that is tangible for them, that it's not really an abstract concept when you try and think of it that way as um, self-talk. How does having a positive mindset affect your interactions and your personal relationships with people? Okay, there's, there's a variety of ways that mm -hmm. this can help. And the first one is a bit, bit more light. Um, it's that you're, you're a much better person to be around when you're positive. People enjoy your company, your energy, and um, for lack of a better word, you're not the Debbie Downer. Um, you really, positivity is so contagious. You you share it and the other person takes it on whether they like it or not. It just it just happens that way. And your friends will really feel such a positive impact from you when you're optimistic and enthusiastic and genuine in your relationships and interactions with them. Um, another thing is that it allows people to feel a safe haven with you. That they because you radiate so much joy and light, they feel safe to come to you and speak to you about their problems, which creates a bond between you and them. And um, it also opens up for you to um, practice your empathy, your listening skills, and really makes you a better person because of those interactions that you're supporting your friend. Um, and lastly, I would say that being positive gives you confidence in yourself. And with that confidence means that you truly believe that you're a good friend. You truly believe that if someone needs me, I will be there for them, that I'm a valuable person um, in this room and I'm a valuable person in this community. And when you believe that, you become it. You become a valuable person. I mean, we all are in our own way, but we don't always believe it, that we are. Mm -hmm. um, and your friends, we'll see that as well. That confidence affects your relationships. And why, why are our relationships so important like in our lives? Like why do we actually need them? Um, and I would say because of our mental health. Our mental health really suffers with loneliness. Um, loneliness kills. I, I was talking to you about that study. Uh, they did a study about, they followed um, participants for almost 80 years and they found that those who lived the longest, those who were the happiest and those who had the best mental and physical health were 
the participants who had the best quality relationships. And for me, that that's life-changing. And that's really something that we have to take into account um, to implement in our own lives, that having these good quality relationships is really going to impact my longevity. And um, self-care doesn't always look like taking a nice warm shower and putting on a face mask. Self-care is from the inside. I, I, I really believe that. I don't practice self-care in the way that, let me go and put a bath bomb in the bath. It, mm. it doesn't work that way. For me, self-care is trying to make my insides happy. And that, that's laughter for me. Laughing with your friend, having sharing beautiful moments, just sitting for a coffee. That is what self-care looks like to me. And that, I believe, will make me live longer and um, have less physical and mental um, health issues. Yeah, from a Darwinism perspective, for example, the definitive element of survival for Homo sapiens v every single other like variation of human was the idea that we were much better at communicating and working together. That we've evolved to be very, very good communicators and require each other's um, support to feel and be uh, motivated to do better. And not only that, it's the quality of life is highly related, as you said, to the quality of the relationships that you have and to a much, much more basic level, your survival and how mm -hmm. long you live. And that to me is very profound in terms of positive reinforcement v negative reinforcement, because we do see that in certain households, cultures, whatever, the act of punishing for the purpose of reinforcing a specific behavior rather than teaching someone uh, through positive reinforcement, letting them know that you can do better. That differentiation, even, even through psychological studies, have been very stark. There's a positive reinforcement uh, experiment that I'm pretty sure a lot of people can actually Google up right now. It's by Nat Geo. I really love National Geographic, <laughs> by the way. And uh, they had uh, a woman blindfolded uh, try to uh, free throw uh, hoops. Mm -hmm. and basically pre-blindfolded free throw hoops. Uh, she was trying to get them in without being blindfolded, tried 10 times, none of them went in. Uh, during the time that she was blindfolded, there was like a whole group of actors around her, and she didn't know that they were actors, but uh, she was throwing uh, the, the basketballs, and she didn't get one in. Yet every single time she threw one... They cheered. They cheered. <laughs> and she felt so great about that. So much so that when the blindfolds went off, she tried again 10 times and she got four in. Wow. Yeah, that positive reinforcement did work. And yeah. for, for the opposite uh, situation, what they did was they got someone who knew how to shoot hoops. Mm -hmm. Out of the 10 times that he shot, he got in nine. Okay. Uh, blindfolded him and every single shot that he took, regardless of whether it went in or not, they booed. <laughs> <laughs> And um, yeah, and after they took off the blindfolds, he did 10, right? Like 10 free throws. And he missed like six. What? Yeah. So that level of self-esteem, self-confidence, the ability of believing in yourself mm -hmm. is incredible. But it seems not to come from within. It, it, it's highly dependent 
on the type of people that you have around. You know, there's a Greek philosopher called Epictetus. I don't know if you know about it. He's one of my favorite philosophers ever. And he has this quote. I've got it right here. It says, the key is to keep company only with people who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. Yeah, I really feel that. Yeah, like it comes back to the idea that you surround yourself with who you are, Mm -hmm. right? If you surround yourself with really successful people and people who are really good at motivating you, chances are you're going to be successful yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, how to stay positive when the world is negative around you? Like this is not situational. I'm not talking about like a specific thing that you're going through. Like the, like climate change, things like that, that are really going I bad. I would say, let's say, let's say in a workplace mm-hmm. or since we're all students, let's say you have a very negative teacher, uh, professor, sorry. And uh, like the students around you are very gloomy, right? Yeah. Uh, I imagine it's very hard to stay positive in that Oof, environment. Very difficult. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, for, for the purposes of what we already highlighted as in like the benefits of staying mm-hmm. positive, how to stay positive within that environment. So I have, I'm going to talk from my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in that situation. Um, I'm going to talk about when, before the pandemic, when I'm sitting in a class of 300 plus students and the professor is not that exciting. Nothing um, personal to any professor, but the professor is not that exciting. And um, the students are not engaging um, with the professor either. Um, so I like to go into that lecture for my first time, let's say it is, and try and create a relationship with the people I'm around. Some sort of relationship. I I um, was giving my sister tips actually because she was starting university and my brother, he recently moved to Toronto and he started at, he started high school here. And so he was asking me, he's like, how do, how do you make friends in like class and that stuff? And I went back to my first year in my mind and I thought about it. And really I walk into that class and I asked someone, oh, can I borrow a pencil? I have a pencil. I have all my, I have a whole pencil case filled with um, stationery. <laughs> I'm one of those people who buys every single semester new stationery. So I have wow. everything. Um, but no, yeah, I asked someone, can I borrow a pencil? I start the conversation from there. Oh my gosh. Wow. I like your jeans. Compliments. Compliments take you so far in life. I, I throw compliments like confetti everywhere. Um, telling someone that, your haircut is so nice. It looks, uh, uh, where did you get it? I love that color. Or asking or telling someone that their notes are amazing. You know, these are such, they don't cost you anything, these type of compliments really. And yeah, so I sit down with these people, make small talk, and I go back to that place every class. And creating that small little community within this otherwise dull classroom really changes the way that you study and the way you perceive the knowledge that's coming towards you. You're you're feeling energized around these people. You're making small little jokes. You're sharing colors, sharing ideas. And um, I've noticed that classes where I have this community, um, I do much better at the class, which is really amazing to me because I'm, even though the professor is the same, it's, the fact that I'm feeling um, energized and fulfilled in that environment that makes me want to learn more. 
There you go. Anecdotal evidence to altruism. <laughs> Everybody talks about like, what's the purpose of altruism? There you go. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a nice way of not only just making friends, but um, if everybody had that mentality, holy, I would enjoy school much more. Yeah. But the weird thing that I've noticed like at UTM is that everyone wants friends, right? I mean, that's, it's the fact of life. Most, oh yeah, that's a weird thing. <laughs> most, <laughs> Can't most, believe these guys, they want friends. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the weird thing is coming now, but no one knows how to go and get it. Right? Like we all want friends. We all want to have good times. We all want to go out together. But no one knows how to actually get that. How do you get that from nothing? Because it's easy to get that once you have friends, because you meet their friends and they they meet your friends and the, the community just grows massively and exponentially. But when you have no one, where do you start? I had a wonderful guest, uh Isaiah Colthrust. I know I know you mm -hmm. you know Isaiah. And he, he talked about luck and the idea of attracting luck. And one of the things that he talked about was if I wanted to make friends, he used some like personal um, stories there. And that is, I'll go out of my way to be the first person to say hi. The first person, if I walk into a, to, to a place where there's a lot of people that I don't know, first person on the right, I'll say hi to. And uh, ultimately that, that leads me to get to know so many great people. He talked about like taking that first step. It uh, relates so wonderfully to your point. That is just reach your hand out and you'll find someone there. Like yeah. you're never going to know unless you do it. Some of my best friends that I have today, the first interaction was me complimenting them or them complimenting me. Cold, just like cold call, like right out of the blue. I was standing in the Starbucks line and she told me that she loved my pants. And today she, she's my, one of my best friends. And that is, it's just so um, undervalued and I think underappreciated how far something as small as that, as that can go. It purifies the environment. That is the most wonderful answer that I think I can possibly get to the idea of how do you make a negative environment more positive. It's lead by example. You'll see how people react, like eventually they'll see the 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 charm in, in having that like you can imagine if i complimented someone like four or five times they wouldn't <laughs> think it's awkward for them to do the same they'll feel like they they can put their guard down with you um you know they'll feel that sense of connection that they might not have with someone who's just giving them a cold shoulder or yeah. treating them like colleagues like sending them cold emails regarding this and that like who's george from the accounting department no <laughs> one knows him but the yeah. idea is reaching out reaching out is 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 a fantastic way and like complimenting people compliments are so undervalued as you say it's it's so amazing how someone's whole body language changes actually like they'll be looking so um upset or maybe so angry and that's really not the case. That's just them standing in the Starbucks line. And um, you, you pat them on the shoulder and compliment them. And instantly, a new person has just been born. And you're like, what? Like, this is such an incredible person. I was standing next to them like 20 seconds ago and didn't even know that. It's, it's phenomenal. And um, we really need to take advantage of the fact that there are amazing people at UTM and standing right in front of us right under our nose but we're just too shy to say hi first yeah. and like isaiah was amazing in the way that he put that i can relate to that because in my first year i said hi to everyone 
to everyone and the power of having acquaintances they don't even have to be your best friend but the power of having acquaintances makes your life so much more rich just saying hi to your barista and your barista knowing your order that little interaction can set you up for a whole day of happiness just because you feel seen they feel seen and you go on with your life knowing that i have uh, a community this is i have a connection even though you don't know the first thing about bob who's giving you your coffee all you know is that he works there on a monday and a wednesday really and it's so amazing how something as small as that can shape your life you wonder if he took the wednesday off would anyone notice and, that and you, you are will. noticing <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know i wanted to ask you this at the very beginning because i felt like it would have been perfect um to set the scene for the rest of the conversation but i think now is the perfect time to ask this as well if there was no one there to to uh, to set you up to have that mentality what convinces an individual to even adopt it it seems counterintuitive that if everybody around you acted tough that you would show something that is perceived as weakness right because mm -hmm. i remember meeting you i i know that you were quite a positive individual it stood out like a sore thumb because of the fact that <laughs> other people weren't that happy about being in math class so neither was i let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it still it still meant it still meant that way and i didn't see it i didn't see it as like a lot of people would claim it to be like I don't know, condescending representation of like just undervaluing my struggles. Mm -hmm. I saw it as, man, yeah, I'm going to have a good time too. There's no reason for me to, to, to feel that even though I really don't like this class, not, not from the people that are in it, because honestly, I enjoyed the professor. Honestly, I enjoyed the people in it. It's just, I hated the course. <laughs> I hated the <laughs> <Yeah>. topic. <laughs> I am not, I'm not a mathematically, um, inclined individual even though i do believe maths has a lot of practical value and i do make a lot of decisions based on it i'll say this what started that in you like did you develop that from your family friends before you came here uh or were you always that uh that one positive person that uh, everybody can point to and they're like if i'm around that person i know i can like enjoy myself because you know, that's what that person emanates. The short answer is no. Like, okay. really, I I wasn't a positive person always. Mm -hmm. And um, actually growing up, I was very shy. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I was very disorganized. And um, I wasn't very academically inclined either. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, the first time I actually stood up for myself was when i was in grade five and it's profound that you remember yeah no i really do because it changed my life um i was in grade five and we were doing public speaking everyone had to do public speaking for the class they had a topic and um you had to choose a quote and then you had to um create a speech on it so my quote that I chose was, um, it was by Muhammad Ali. Oh my gosh, I need to remember it. It was... Fly like a butterfly, sting like no, a bee. No, it was something about... <laughs> that's the perfect... That's, a, that's <laughs> the one that I know. Um, it's about something with, it's not made in the gym. 
It's made from something deep inside, a desire, a dream, and a vision. I can't remember the first word, and that's kind of the whole quote. Anyways. I bet people are Googling it, it right now. <laughs> it was about um, my grandfather. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was an orphan, mm-hmm. and it was about his life story and how he really created such a beautiful and successful life for himself, starting in such a, a dark and unfortunate way. Um he, his sister died in front of his eyes um, when he was six years old and she was 14 and she was the only person who was like a mother to him. So he had a very, very difficult life, um, yet his way was so beautiful. You would never see him frown. You would never see him change his face. He would always stay happy and um, just in a real state of contentment. Mm. So I spoke about my grandfather and I, th- I did a, an amazing job in, in my opinion. And, um, I wasn't chosen to go to the next stage. So I went, I, I, my mom picked me up from school and I told her that I didn't get chosen. She asked me like, how did it go? And I said that, you know, I really, I really thought I would get chosen to go to the next round because I thought it was really good. And this was the first time when I ever showed any confidence in myself. And my mom told me, she's like, go talk to your teacher. And tell her that you think that you did a good job and you think you deserve to go to the next round. I was like, what? Like, even now, to this day, I I would still say, what? No ways. But I actually went. I went and I talked to my teacher and I I told her that I think my speech was really amazing. And I think I should go to the next round. And she put me in. I, I went to the next round. And from that moment, it kind of created this... um self-belief in myself that I can truly do anything, anything that I want to do. That doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect always. That doesn't mean that I'm going to go to the next round. That doesn't mean I can negotiate my way into postgrad, but it's still, it's something. It gave me so much confidence. And after that, I I moved back to Zimbabwe. I was living in South Africa then. And um, junior school and uh, I don't know, you guys call it middle school here. But um, until grade eight, I was very much just the kid in the background, really not confident. And once I got to high school, I kind of honed everything in. It was a fresh start. And that's where I started to come out of my shell. Really, like high school, 13 years old, that was where it all began. And I think my mom played a big part in um, the way that I view the world. She is a very confident and positive person she she's always been like the light in the room and i really view her like that she's she's really left a big imprint on my life but um yeah i think it is through her that i managed to have this outlook she has always fed me with such beautiful and positive ideas of the world she also has protected me from a lot of bad things. She, um, a lot of negative things that were happening in our life or I didn't know about it. And I think that there's a great um, value in that for children because it allows them to see life in a less jaded way. So yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for my mom. She, right now I would say that I'm the more positive one <laughs> compared to her. <laughs> Because, um, you know, I kind of feed her all of the beautiful things now. 
which is lovely. It's the circle of life. Um, she gives me, she gave me something invaluable and I'll continue to be there to show her like where the light is coming from. I'm pretty sure everybody has noticed this, but like little things sometimes that other people do or the way that even if they didn't intend it to um, end up shaping you is incredibly profound. Yeah. Yeah. It's sometimes like the littlest things are very impactful. You know, let me tell you something. I didn't realize that my mom was the reason until now. Wow. Only now I realized it because you made me think about it. I'd never thought about it before. And really, it's her. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we came to that realization. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it made me also reflect on, on one thing, and that is um, the antonym to what we're talking about is criticism that is not uh, constructive, it's, it's unfounded. Um, and the idea behind, if you were to have that positive impact on an individual, just being a good person yourself and having that type of impact, on on your family on the friends mm -hmm. around you on acquaintances and strangers then what is the impact of you being the opposite of that right yeah is it just as impactful because that's worrying because i know uh, I, I i keep quoting this guy <laughs> <laughs> uh epictetus talks about this as well the idea of you know because i'm pretty sure that critical people believe that they're the educated smart people that are mm. like I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he talked about to accuse others for one's misfortune is a sign of wanting education. Um, to accuse oneself shows that one's education has begun. Mm -hmm. To accuse neither oneself nor others shows that one's education is complete. That seems like I do believe that there's no reason for, for somebody to to hate another individual for any type of thoughts or like we're we're living in a very critical society. Oh, there's, definitely. Um everybody is in constant developmental stage. Mm -hmm. And every everyone's developmental stage depends on the uh, inputs of yeah. the things around them. I can't go to an individual who doesn't know better and tell them that they should know better. There's no such mm. thing. Like I don't know what they've been through. Yeah. Right? Like I can't go to for example, I've had I've had people unfortunately come up to me and just say some really really rude things just by um knowing that I'm from a specific country or follow mm -hmm. a specific religion so on and so forth. Uh I remember the first two times that that happened, I got really annoyed, like really annoyed. But then I remember one time that it happened and I did not react whatsoever. What I was thinking was, I wonder what, what this guy's life is like. <laughs> like what's yeah. got his feelings tied up in a knot? Why does he think I'm somehow accountable for that? Mm -hmm. Right? It's, uh, I, just, I just hope that a lot more people start thinking that way, like a ladder. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that you mentioned whether... Um, having a critical lens is um, as impactful on people as having a positive one is. And I don't think so because just like light and how it attracts, um, I don't want to compare people to insects. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not going to go with that analogy, but you know how we're drawn to light, even as humans, we're drawn to that. And I think that we like to be around people who make us feel good. We, we're not going to be around people who make us feel bad about who we are and make us doubt um, our religion or our race or our ethnicity. If someone insults me, I'm for sure not hanging out with you the next day. 
But if someone makes me feel good, I'm going to hit you up. I'm going to want to have coffee with you or chill with you for sure. And um, that's why I think that um, being being the light and being positive and optimistic has a, way, a much bigger reach than being critical does. And it also gets the job done. I've, I've seen a lot of this at our school where people love to criticize People love to, um, you know, say bad things about the administration, say bad things about the student union, um, and a lot of a lot of um, different aspects of our school. They criticize, and some things are worth criticizing. But I only think that you should criticize if you believe you can change. You can change things, and um, I've seen a lot of people who just it, it's a hobby to criticize. It's yeah, like it, yeah. it, it, it's a talking point. That's that's right? what like, differentiates. Between, yeah. Yeah. It's a talking point. Like um, that's going to keep the conversation going. How much can we um, talk bad about our school and how are we uniting over that? And um, it's just it's really unfortunate because I think our school is such a world class university and there's there is room for growth. Are we changing that? No, because we would prefer in our generation to talk about it rather than do. And that's the difference between like the past generations and us. Um, we'd rather, I've done this too, we'd rather make a TikTok about it, you know, something that is really not going to do anything rather than throw yourself into the dean's office and say, I want to change this. Can you give me the instructions on how I can do it? I think it would improve student life. I believe it's also about frequency of how, like, I, I totally resonate with everything you've said, mm -hmm. though I think it's the frequency of which that ends up happening. Um, criticizing things needs to come from a good place yeah. for it to matter, right? I can't sit down and criticize everything around me. There's every, like, in that case, <laughs> why not do the same to myself? Like, I, I'll be very busy trying to correct all my wrongs, right? <laughs> yeah. So. What I'm trying to say here is um, to those people who look at problems and decide that they're going to take them on and make them mm -hmm. better, kudos to you. Yeah. For for those who mind their own business strictly because of the fact that they know that there are, there are things that can be worse and they just appreciate the current state of affairs, mm -hmm. kudos to you. No, I appreciate that look as well. Like if you're grateful for what you have and you're con content, then that's wonderful. I think that we should all be living in a state like that. Um, but if you're not happy, then again, this goes back to being positive. If you're positive, you're going to have confidence in yourself and you're going to have the bravery to make a change. Mm -hmm. And that change uh, with, with that criticism, that makes the criticism um, necessary then, right? Yeah. But criticism without belief that you can change it is just... It's just whining. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just whining. Yeah. Um, we have such brilliant minds at UTM. We really do. Um, I've met so many students who um, are incredible people. Go ahead, name call them. For us, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, really. I've met I've met such amazing students. Um, and if there's one thing that I would like to see more of is really initiative. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Like, yeah, because we have such great ideas. It's just we don't know how to start, and maybe that's a problem that needs to be addressed first. How can students start to change things? Are there avenues? Are they aware of it? Because really, you can't just go to the top, to, to president and tell him your problem. You need to work from the bottom yeah. up. 
but I'm not sure what this is called, like the coach effect or something like that. The idea of like, you can always do better than the coach. You know, the coach doesn't know what he's doing. You know, like when, the, when your team is losing, it's like, ah, oh, it's a terrible coach. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> he should have done this or she should have done that or whatever. Right. And uh, it comes down to the fact that every single individual thinks they know better. Yeah. Right. In a situation they've never been in. For example, if I was 14 and I saw people driving and I was like picking out things that they were making as mistakes, I'm not going to like spontaneously just start to believe that I'm a better driver, right? Exactly. I've never driven before. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they make mistakes, I've never driven before. I see this before. so much with football fans, actually. We sit on the couch and we criticize the players so much. And then I just look at my brother, I'm like, do you actually think we can do better though? <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, that was so bad. Why wouldn't you pass? What, what a bad goal. <laughs> it's emotionally incentivized. Like when you're in that emotional state, it's very difficult to, <laughs> to hold it together. But that may be another uh, lesson in this podcast uh, episode. And that is like, be wary of the decisions that you make when in an emotional state, you're mm. not thinking clearly. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you're not, <laughs> you're, no one, no one's making their best decisions <laughs> while they're like really angry or yeah. uh, just having the worst time of their lives. No one's making the right decisions there, yeah. right? Like, just take some time, let the emotional um, tornado leave and you can, you can then start to think about what, you're going to do to make things better. Because mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people who, are, who, in the heat of the moment, I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> you know, like, and they just I must get, say I've done get that to before. be friends. <laughs> 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 like, they continue being friends, like, literally, the, like, the yeah. next day. God, man, guys, they're so, they're, they're common, they're common amongst guys, especially. Like, you get annoyed about this one. It's like, I'm never going to see this guy again. <laughs> like, literally the very next day, like, hey, brother, what's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, I think if there's like one takeaway, I would say like, because I thought about this while we were talking about the, is don't take life too seriously. I think that's just like the bottom line. Like, <sighs> in some cases, we're, that would be we're, we're, Death is inevitable. Like really, and wow. no, it is, it's true. And when you, when you put that into perspective, like every day should be something beautiful, mm -hmm. really like it, it, it's really too short to dwell too much on the life's trials and tribulations Yeah, and just have a good day, go outside, be in the sun. Um, and yeah, we, when you take yourself too seriously, it's just, it makes everything a bit too, um, there's too much pressure when you, when you, when you take yourself too seriously. Like this is like, the defining moment for everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just laugh at yourself. Like, yeah, no one's going to remember like 99% of the people around in a hundred years. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. There's an ending in here somewhere. <laughs> there's an ending in here somewhere, but let's find it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having <laughs> me. It was such a wonderful conversation. Yeah, it was. Definitely was. Like, I'm so glad we touched upon a lot of things. And even though there are some things that were um, a little bit off topic, I think they, they relate conceptually. They, yeah. Yeah. Like, we're definitely talking about, um, like, actionable things that you can do in your life that are more positive. So that's wonderful. Thank you again for coming. Thank you.